To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just hate the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 151. Your Opinionated Benchwarmers are back to do what we do best, and that's discuss sports. I'm excited, man. We up on the hinge of the NFL playoffs. NBA is heating up. We're in fantasy playoffs right now, uh, which I have one team down. I got another one to go. We'll get into that in a moment. Yeah. I got my brother Ramon in here with me. Man, what's up, man? How you feeling, brother? Man, I'm feeling pretty good, bro. You know, it's been a pretty, pretty decent day. Like you said, man, it's the countdown to kind of the holiday break coming up. And with all that, man, the sports scene is really just kind of crazy right now at this point with everything that you have going on NBA wise, you know, Christmas Day games going to be coming NFL wise, everything that you didn't already talked about. And then I feel like we already got kind of warmed up with the podcast just for the listeners. We kind of had a pie before the pie. And so I just kind of already in the flow of everything right now. So I'm not going to hold it at all, bro. We might as well roll straight into it. We had we had a little warmer. We we both about to drop 30, 30 and 10, yeah. right? <laughs> right, yes, man. Sir. But uh, shout out to our brother Lowe's. He's obviously not on the, on this episode, but we're going to hold it down for him. You know what I mean? Uh, we had a, a episode last week that dropped. We want to apologize. It was a little delayed beyond our control. We uploaded it on time. But it wasn't released until later up in the day. We don't know what happened. Sometimes it happens uh, with technology. But we appreciate you for showing the love and listening to it when you did. Uh, that was me and Los. Uh, but, man, we back into it, man. Uh, we'll try to, you know, get this out on time as, as we normally do it on midnight. Uh, as I always say, follow the podcast on O underscore Ben on our socials. Subscribe to the podcast. Opinionated Ben Twomers on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. But, brother, let's get into it, man. Uh, I, I just want to start off by saying, man, bro, my first fantasy football team in the playoffs, man, uh, first round didn't go too good. I, I mean, I ended up losing by, like, eight, but I might as well have lost by eight by 80 because Chris Olave didn't play. And then, uh, you know, uh, which was a big blow to my, to my team, you know. And, you know, it, it's just funny how this works. You work so hard to the season to get to the end and, you know, Unfortunately, you know, injuries happen, right? Yeah, yeah, no, all the time, bro. It, it's just one of those things that ends up being deflating. Uh, I kind of sit where you sit as well, too. So uh, for me, you know, four leagues this year, I will say it's been a pretty solid year for me. So three out of the four, I did end up with a bye week. Um, but the one <laughs> team that I didn't end up with a bye week for, uh, I actually got dismissed uh, from the playoffs 
uh, pretty <laughs> much got got destroyed in my matchup. <laughs> and and the thing that was crazy about it is just that, like, you know, it was one of those matchups that you can see the writing on the wall earlier. So like Austin Eckler just came out completely just flat oh, in that yeah. game. He, I mean, Austin Eckler is not the same that he's been as of old. I think that he's one of those that. It, you know, I, I probably try to stay away from, but for the right value, I'll take them next year. But I mean, I mean, with between the injuries, man, running back, like father time is undefeated with running backs. And he's at that age. What is he like? 28, 29, 28, 28, I think, you know, yeah. and then you consider his usage. So you compare him to Al- Alvin Kamara, who's 28, who still looks explosive. But Alvin Kamara may only have like a handful, maybe I would say probably maybe 10 to 15 throughout his career where he's carried 20 times in one game. So Sean Payton did a good job of, of preserving him. But you look at Austin Eckler, his usage has been high for the past three to three to four seasons, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely has been. And like you said, you know, a lot of times when they hit that wall, it's kind of that steep decline. I mean, we saw it before our eyes. I know that you had a share of them and I had a share of them with Dalvin Cook. Uh, oh, my goodness, <laughs> man. Oh, my goodness. Delvin <laughs> Cook, man, like I mean, you know, I should have been dropped him, but yeah. I still have held on to him, just thinking that he might explode. Or, <laughs> you know, you'll hear reports, oh, they're gonna use him more this week, but like he just, man, like Minnesota looked like geniuses over there. Yeah, very much so, very much so. So I mean, oh, they look always at Ezekiel did... Elliott. Yeah. They always yeah. tell you, you know, as far as NFL running backs, especially if you're playing, you know, dynasty. And I haven't always adhered to this because sometimes it's just it's difficult to still trade them while they still seem kind of at their peak. But yeah. they say when you get to that 26, especially that 27, really 27 is that number. When they get to that point, that's when you want to start like offload those running backs. And especially if you aren't considered to be a big time contender and one of the top two, three, maybe four teams in the league, you want to get those guys off your roster. So um, so it was just it was just one of those kind of weeks, one of those kind of matchups. Like we saw what happened with Austin Eckler. Also, too, you know, I know we'll get to it, but my boy Michael Pittman came out explosive. And then we yeah. know what ultimately yeah, happened we'll, with that. Yeah, we'll definitely he talk about down. that. We'll talk about that. Then my guy David Montgomery, man, the team scores 42 points and you don't get a single touchdown. You don't get a single share of the end zone. I couldn't follow the end zone. Yeah. yeah. yeah so it was, it was, it was just literally, it was one of those weeks where it just did not come together. You know, it was very disappointing with that team. Cause I think it went what 10 and four in the regular season with that squad and was right up there with all the other top teams, as far as points scored, you know, and then just come out in the first week of the playoffs and just fall flat, you know? Yeah, man. I, I mean, it, it was tough. And then I, Nico Collins, of course, didn't play as well on that specific team. However, it is a it is a keeper league. So, you know, I have some good I got a Sam. I got Sam Laporta. You know, I got some options. You know, whether, who, who do I keep? You know, do I keep CD Lamb? You know, so I have some options. Oh, Aaron Jones is another one. Uh, sharp decline as well. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I think it'll be fun to, you know, maybe not save this for another podcast, but that's just how a discussion maybe in the offseason about the decline of like superstar running backs. Like it's a real conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And that just gets back to the conversation we had before the season with all the the running backs, you know, desiring to be paid and owners feeling how they felt about it. Like all that stuff is real. And that decline, like you said, that's normally a pretty steep decline. Yep, I still have one team alive though, Ramon. Man, I was that team was on a bye, resting up. 
I I, I got through uh, that week with uh, week 15 unscathed with no injuries on this team. So we'll we'll see what happens here. Uh, I'm 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 hoping that I can win. It's actually my frat league, and you know I hadn't been doing too well just because I've always been in so many leagues, and that the priority of that particular league has always been at the bottom because our home league is so competitive, and we're in, we got two home leagues, a dynasty league and a a, a keeper league. So I, that's where my attention has been. But I've been locked in on that frat league. I got the number one seed. I started off zero and three in that league. I was like, oh. Hell no. Like, I'm about <laughs> yeah. to lock in. Ain't, this is not happening this year. And yeah. I locked in and, and I worked my way to a number one seed. So we'll see what happened. Round two is on next. I feel I like my chances, but we'll see, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I got uh, I still got three dogs in the hunt, man. Three dogs in the fight. I still That's nice. got three teams that'll be rolling. Uh, They all all three of those teams won bye weeks. I think I, two of those being the two seed and one being a one seed. Uh, I feel pretty yeah. good about my chances. The only thing is now with two of those teams, I've lost Jamar Chase. Uh, Ooh, so that's yeah, definitely that's, a big blow to my squads. And especially it really hurts. Uh, so I'm in another dynasty league. And in that dynasty league, of course, at the beginning of the season, I lost J.K. Dobbins. So mustered through the season without him. I lost Anthony Richardson. I lost Kirk Cousins. Then I'm dealing with Nico yeah. Collins' injury. I'm so you're the reason Jonathan why all these Taylor. players getting hurt. Any, yeah. any player that touched that particular team. So all our fantasy football listeners, yeah. you can blame Ramon for that particular team. Any team he touched, yeah. they're going to get hurt. They're any player on that team. And crazy thing with that team, that team still went 11-3 and three in the regular season. I'm the two seed in the playoffs, but, man, they kind of broken up at this point. So I'm not really totally sure about my chances. But two of my teams, I like my chances. All right, we'll see what happens. We'll keep the listeners updated. You know, I think I next year I'll probably expand and maybe add two two more leagues, see if I can dominate. I have feel it pretty good off this season. I had to condense it this year because I wanted to get back focused, but neither here nor there. Um, shout out to the people that are in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, you know, good luck with that. Uh, we'll get into it though. Uh, what I wanted to start off with was just the outlook of week 15. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's no other reason to start with what no other no other reason not to start with the Philadelphia Eagles, which is a has been an interesting conversation throughout this season on this podcast. I for one was was a skeptical believer of them because they won some so many close games. Uh, but I mean, I think a good point that I heard today was that the things that they accepted in wins is now what I mean. The things that they did not accept in wins. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm screwing this up. The the things that they accept in wins, they are not you can't they're not going to accept them in losses. Right. So it's like what the losses are highlighting the problems that they've had all along. And, you know, I, I, I thought that those close games, they just seemed like they were a little bit of a fraud, you know. And, you know, I think it is a respect in the NFL because every win is tough. But, you know, after coming off this loss, uh, uh, which was, you know, against the Buffalo Bills who have been who stumbled out the gate. I mean, in Buffalo, I mean, what are your thoughts on the Philadelphia Eagles? Are you ready to come on the other side and be like, ah, I don't know what this team's going to do in the playoffs? Or are you still thinking that they are true contenders? Uh, So I, I actually will say, you know, I do think that you were right on this one. You know, it took kind of a while, a little bit to come around. But, I mean, you can't deny the fact that you suffered those three consecutive losses. One, of course. Well, two of those losses really blowout losses to uh, teams that maybe are viewed as contenders. Obviously, 
I think we all unanimously agree that the 49ers are the best team in the league at this point. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And then you come back and you get blown out by the Cowboys, who actually got smacked this weekend as well, too. Uh, and <laughs> we'll then, get to that in a moment. Right, right. <laughs> and then you follow that up by getting beat by the Seahawks, who are playing without Geno Smith. So they're playing without their starting quarterback. And you just kind of really a little bit somewhat kind of collapse in that fourth quarter. I mean, you come into that fourth quarter uh, with a 17 to 10 lead and you end up losing that game. And so uh, to me, when you look at with that team, it's a lot of questions. I know that Jalen Hurts kind of called out the team a little bit and said that maybe not everybody is committed like they need to be committed. Uh, But I do think that also, too, we got to acknowledge, as you've alluded to before as well, too, and viewing this strictly from not fantasy football world, but strictly from like NFL football that Jalen Hurts hasn't totally been that guy. Oh, um, speak on it. Speak yeah. on it. I you think know, you may be the first one in the sports world to speak on that, man. Go, yeah, Keep going. Yeah. You know, and, and so, you know, when I look at it, to me, you look at a guy that, you know, in this game had what, two turnovers. I know he had two picks um, in the game. You know, he, that passing offense – which really, to me, should not be struggling. Uh, but that passing offense is struggling. I mean, the weapons are there. When you have a guy in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, that's pretty much as good of a tandem as you see in the league, you know, comparing that to the likes of the Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and comparing that to the likes of the Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. You know, it's one of those top three duos to me that you find in the league. Um, I know that you dealt with the injuries to Dallas Goddard and things of that sort, but – I think that, you know, outside of having Shane Steichen, to me, he hasn't, Jalen Hurts hasn't been as impressive without Shane Steichen as his guy, as his OC. Um, Is this so, that Indiana call uh, to coming out of you right now? Yeah, you know, I got to I gotta shout out my boys <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Um, but, but I do think that is, there is, you know, room for concern there. And then I think also, too, as you alluded to, from a playoff standpoint, you know, what is it going to be like if things aren't running through Philly, which at this point, they won't be running through Philly at this point. So um, I think that there's definitely cause for concern. Do I think that it's time to write them off and say that they don't have a chance to write the ship? I'm not ready to say that yet, but I will say that earlier off to me in the season, my stance, I will come forward and say I was wrong. And I do believe that you were right. And I believe that it's been shown by these last three weeks that we've seen. Yeah, I mean, I, I work with a couple Eagles fans, and it, it was, you know, these are good sports, objective guys. And I, at least maybe I could admit that maybe I had a little more insight, you know, because of how locked in they are. But even they told me since, like, week six or seven, they were like, Rob, I do not believe in this team. Like, we keep winning this way, but I just don't believe it. So the red flags kind of – the antennas went up, and I started – when I evaluated these games with the Eagles – I started to watch and I see what they saw, you know, and I, I see what like what I was afraid to say, which you said it, you know, but I agree with you. You know, Hurts hadn't been, you know, lights out like he was last year. And then you, if you look at the defense compared to this year, they're not taking away the ball like they are this year. And then you look at Hurts as well. He's turning the ball over more this year than he did last year. So, um, I mean, I think that if they can't fix the defense, um, I, I don't I don't see this team really advancing and they can win all the tough games they want. Regular season football and playoff football is different. 
the 49ers are different. And I, I really feel as though, you know, we may be at a point where we able to say, you know, that this is going to go through San Francisco, you know? Um, so, I, I mean, I wrap up on that. Um, my brother-in-law joked with me because you remember on the Thanksgiving episode, I was like, uh, I don't feel like the Eagles won this game. I feel like the other team, I, I feel like the other team uh, lost, it, lost yeah. the game. And he was like, man, the Eagles fan going to be mad at you. <laughs> and I was like, you know, but now it adds context to it. It's like I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And you can't put your finger on it with the Eagles and how they've been winning these close games this season. But now, you know, after this matchup, you can clearly see that it, there's a disparity there. And they have a little bit to fix. And yeah. Hurts looks so defeated in that press conference. Yeah. And what I will say kind of quickly, too, is that they're going to go in with question marks because if you look at the close of the season, like they should they should walk through those three games. I think the close of the season, they have the Giants, then the Cardinals, then the Giants again. So yeah. don't also be fooled by how it may look at the end of the season. Exactly. I think, as you mentioned, this stretch was a pivotal stretch and we have to see. And, you know, as you mentioned, they will go into the playoffs with some question marks. Yeah, you, yeah. You, if you locked in, like we locked in, and like our listeners locked in, we know what it is. We're not looking at records. We're looking at the schedule. And you saw what my Saints did to the Giants, which I'm proud of myself. I don't think I've mentioned the Saints in like at least an episode and a half. So that's a record. But you look at what my trash Saints did to the Giants, and then you look at you know. So if the Eagles beat the Gi- if the Eagles lose to the Giants, <laughs> oh, you can wrap it up. Yeah, right, right. You yeah, can definitely but, wrap it up. Moving along, we're going to stay in that division because we got another team that had some question marks with them, and that's the Cowboys. They suffered uh, a brutal defeat, as you alluded to earlier, uh, this past Sunday. And, you know, which many thought we said, you said this on the podcast, that this stretch would be one of the ones we'll really see where the, where the Cowboys, what they are really made of. And, you know, here they are. They lost 31 to 10 to the Bills. Uh, I mean, what are your thoughts here? Uh, what does this tell you about the Cowboys? And I'm going to correct myself in real time before you jump in here. Uh, I got that mixed up with the Eagles. And you usually correct me. You didn't correct me this time, bro. Well, the, <laughs> the, way the, that, right, the way I tried to slide it in, I did end up bringing up the schedule. And I brought up their last three opponents to try to slide it that way, you know, without pressing the pause button and saying, hey, hold up, hold up. If you've listened to us uh, before, listeners, understand we work a full 40, 40 hour plus week and then we record the podcast. So our minds at this point be a little tired. So you're getting the authentic genuineness of ourselves. So I'm sorry about that. The Eagles, you know, suffered defeat against the Seahawks and then the Bills beat up on the Cowboys here. But I'm interested to know your thoughts. It was rainy weather, again, an away game where they struggled. They couldn't stop the run. I mean, they made freaking Cook look like a, I don't know, like the reincarnation of, of LaDamian Thomason, but take it away, bro. Yeah, no, I, I believe you basically really already started it there. To me, a big piece of summing it up was the two things that stuck out to me were them not being able to stop the run, which I do feel has been an issue throughout the course of the season. I think that their pass defense is definitely ahead of their rush defense. And so it makes me think about the fact, too, of, as we said, things run through the San Francisco 49ers. What is it going to look like when they have to maybe see that rushing attack down the line or even what they may have in this upcoming week and send the Miami Dolphins, who a lot of people think from a pass standpoint 
is an elite team, but if you really pay attention to it, Miami runs the ball really well. Uh, and that's been really uh, kind of how that offense has flowed since you, your boy, I can't think of his name right now, was even had his time in San Francisco. Um, their head coach, uh, uh, Miami Dolphins head coach. I don't know why I can't think of his name right uh, now, but uh, Mike McDaniel, McDaniel, yeah, uh, something like that, something like that. <laughs> Correct us when you listen, but I know you right. Um, but saying that to say it stuck out to me. Dallas Cowboys couldn't stop the run, and then you saw Dak Prescott come back down to earth. You know, I know that there were some weather conditions that made it. Yeah, Mike McDaniel, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, but you saw you saw Dak Prescott come back down to earth. I think that he was maybe potentially becoming an MVP front runner. I think now your guy, and you know, I'm sure we'll get to it. But Brock Purdy, I think that he's taking that, you know, race by the by the horns basically at this point. But I think that's ultimately what it was. You saw, you know, Dak kind of show what he's shown in some of the big games throughout his course of his career where he kind of hasn't stepped up. And if you can't stop the run, that's just a recipe for disaster. So uh, there is some concern there. But there's really only, to me, one team in the NFC that really has it all put together i think that most other squads are a little bit questionable so yeah i, I agree with you 100 percent there i i mean you know dallas can't play on the road and you know like you like you said i mean if you can't be, play on the road how are you going to win in the playoffs you know so with that being said i mean you know with them incapable ramon they, they're like, like night and day compared to when they play at home <laughs> and when they're away like you know, including Dak. I mean, Dak had me looking crazy on the podcast saying that he was the leader in the MVP uh, race. Had me right. looking crazy this past Sunday. But it was it was one of those things where you saw a clear example of them needing Dak to be an MVP candidate. Dak could have won. That was his MVP reward if he was able to go into Buffalo and dominate, you know, and, and, and really will his team to a win. Tony Pollard has been mundane all season. He hasn't been what we expected him to be. You know, CD lamb has been special, but outside of him, who, who else? Jake Ferguson, you know, and then the wide receivers just, it just go. Brandon cooks is a fine receiver too. But I, I think, you know, you know, Dak didn't show up and, you know, I, I think that he lost that MVP award this past Sunday. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, like you were saying, you know, I kind of feel the same way that, you know, he had definitely become the front runner in that race. But, you know, as I was just mentioning, too, I think that uh, and I think you alluded to a couple weeks ago that that Brock Purdy is probably the guy for that award at this point. Um, but I still think that, you know, it's still still a little up in the air. You know, Dallas still has like some big matchups that are coming up, honestly. Uh, so I kind of really want to see what that's going to look like for them. Like, I think that honestly, this matchup that they have coming this upcoming week against the Miami Dolphins, which is another team that we've talked about a good bit on this podcast that they have, you know, they've beaten who they're supposed to beat. But a lot of the times when they played the upper echelon teams, they've also lost. You know, they have a, a quarterback in tour that maybe you could parallel a little bit to Dak of that little uncertainty of, of can he win the big ones? So I think that that's going to be kind of interesting to see how that one looks. Like, what are your kind of initial thoughts in thinking about that Cowboys-Dolphins matchup? Well, it's another away game for the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, like we talked about, they're a different team. Now, they'll have, they, they I would assume, have some good weather down there in South Beach. 
Uh, hopefully that the guys can stay focused. I'm about to say some distractions uh, in Miami. You might want to fly in uh, early. No, nah, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I think that you know a real concern is is what this team looks like on the road. Uh, I'm not after what I saw this past Sunday. I'm not confident that they can do that. Uh, and you know the Dolphins. You know who? What Tyreek Hill's going to do? Is he going to play? Um, I would assume that he chose not to play this past Sunday because the Dolphins had a cakewalk. Uh, of a matchup and they felt like they didn't need him to win. Maybe he wanted to rest that ankle. Uh, the, the visuals of him walking into the stadium, he looked like he was going to play. His, his ain't no limp at all. Uh, so, I mean, you know, you have to factor that into play. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm not I'm not feeling confident in, in the Dallas Cowboys and their ability to play on the road. I, I think that, you know, this is another tough matchup for him and the Miami Dolphins defense is not a slouch either. So, I'm, I'm, you know, as you could tell, I probably said my pick. I'm, I'm leaning Dolphins here, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm probably initially as well. I think that this is one of those that's going to ultimately turn into a pick. Them like it's a, uh, Miami is a one and a half point favorite right now, uh, which definitely means a pick them because normally you have a little built in <laughs> advantage, right? You know, from being the home team. So, uh, right now, if I'm picking it today, I'm saying Miami Dolphins as well. I think they're able to lean on that run game. You know, I think that between uh, Raheem Mostert and um, A-Chain and, and those guys, I think that, you know, that rushing attack will be once again difficult for Dallas to be able to stop. And if uh, Tua can give them enough, I think they'll get over the top. Uh, side note, I, I hate to say this, but I almost kind of hope that Tyreek maybe doesn't play because I got Jalen Waddle in a couple of leagues and <laughs> he looked pretty nice without uh, Tyreek yeah. Hill on it. Hey, man, if he can stay healthy, man, Jalen get hit one time. You don't know if he's going to finish the game or not, man. Like, yeah. oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we're going we're wrapping up the slate. So we, we're getting it. We're getting ahead of ourselves. So. As we wrap up the week fifth, week fifteen recap, we kind of jumped ahead a little bit, but mm-hmm. I thought that it would be nice for us to talk about the suspension. Uh, I'm gonna let you get into what happened in Indiana since that's your team. Yeah. Um. So obviously, in, in this weekend's game, uh, early off within the game, um, uh, you know, my guy Michael Pittman, as I was saying, was having kind of a heck of a game, and um, and really, what I will say is ultimately the first part of it. I think that Gardner Minshew left his guy off to, you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we was going to get to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that ultimately kind of to me, the first part of it, as they said, and I mean, I hate to kind of use this terminology, but Gardner Minshew threw a hospital ball to to um, to um my guy, Michael Pittman. And um, obviously, you know, DB comes to, to make a play. Um and it's one of those ones that's tough for me because I'm not as much on the side of it as it being like a dirty hit or that there was something malicious coming from it. You know, maybe that's just me and I'm speaking from it as a Colts fan, but I didn't so much see it as that. Um, but it was obviously it was a, it was a brutal hit, a vicious hit that made uh, Michael Pittman have to sit out the rest of the game. Uh, he's dealing with a concussion right now at this point. And I know the optics of it don't look good from a player safety standpoint, but I think to me, honestly, the biggest culprit, and I hate to say it to me, was Gardner Minshew. That's yeah. the biggest culprit in that situation. I, I'd agree. Uh, you know, and, you know, Tom Brady agrees with you as well. You know, he's been adamant and he's been going on. This is his second rant. He went on a rant. I, I don't know if his Instagram or Twitter 
about you know the mediocrity in it in quarterback play and he kind of just he kind of ripped in the guard a little bit and I agree man I mean you you saw the same scenario in 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 Minnesota with Josh Dobbs and the ball that he threw and I saw when he left his hands like why would you put your player in that position and I mean I guess the GM and the head coach agree with me because Josh Dobbs was instantly the third stringer this past Sunday after that and rightfully so I mean you as a quarterback you can't just throw the ball and, and you know that's what made Tom Brady great that's what made Drew Brees great and that's what made Aaron Rodgers that's what makes Aaron Rodgers great and just playing players they will they, these these types of players are so advanced that they won't even throw the ball and you're like well, throw the ball he's open and they're not even gonna throw it just to avoid uh hits like that and, you know, Michael Pittman, you know, he, you know, that guy's a beast and he's had a, having a hell of a season. I think that he's flying on the radar. He's having one of the best seasons in the NFL as a receiver. When you look at his numbers, he's going to go after it and his heart is on the line and he's going to trust his quarterback that he's not putting him in that position. Yeah. And, and going to Minshew, he shouldn't have, that was bad placement, a bad throw. And that's what unfortunately happens in those situations. I think that the suspension was a little bit, being that he's suspended uh, to the end of the game. What's his last name? How do you pronounce uh, that? I think it's Kazee. Kazee. Yeah. Kazee. Yeah. yeah I think that that was a little egregious to suspend him for the rest of the season. Uh, yeah. But, again, NFL, of course, they're PR masters, and they have to do certain things to to look a certain way. Uh, but I don't agree with that. I think that the quarterback has to be held accountable for that situation. Yeah, and I think right quickly, I think what they were able to kind of utilized just to say that you know he had repeated violations of unnecessary roughness um uh, but i think for me i feel like even that's a little bit of a scapegoat like i feel like they probably to me still would have made the same decision and call just from the optics of it even if he were a first-time offender i think they were able to hide behind the fact and say you know what he's been a repeat offender so at this point we're going to send a message um but i it was a tough hit, but I ultimately don't blame him, you know, that much for it, you know. Yeah, and, you know, when you're running full speed, I mean, they're, they're teaching these guys to wrap it up. They're teaching these, these – if these guys think about it too much, they'll end up they'll end up injuring themselves. So they have to play full speed at all times or they'll end up getting hurt. They can't go around there hesitating because the moment they hesitate, that's when they'll get injured. Uh, but uh, I like this conversation the most and I respect it the most because you're listening, listeners, to a true Colts fan for years in Ramon. So anytime he's saying that he don't agree with the suspension to his guy, I mean, you got to listen to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, as we move on, uh, as we jumped kind of, you know, we foresaw the, the Dolphins and the, and the Cowboys, you know, we'll talk about this Thursday night game. Uh, you'll hear this podcast tomorrow, and you know, Saints fans. I I I went an episode and a half. I was telling Ramon as a record yeah. of me not talking about the Saints because they frustrate me so much. Uh, we we did destroy the Giants. Uh, our defense did. They just woke up week one through one through seven. They were lights out. They found that that drive again, uh, and we should we we held Saquon. I lost money on this Ramon. I lost money on this. I thought Saquon could at least get 50 yards against us easily. We held him to 14 yards. So I was happy. That's why you shouldn't bet on your team, listeners. I was happy that we won the game, but I was sad because I lost by one leg because Saquon didn't get oh didn't get 60 yards. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, we got the Rams coming up, and 
I think conveniently Los missed this episode so we wouldn't have to face and have this conversation. Uh, but yeah, my team faces his team this Thursday night in LA. Uh, I guess I'll lead off. I don't see much of us. We're still in playoff contention right now. We're in a tie with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. who got a big win against the Packers. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Um, you know, basically Baker threw four touchdowns, three over 300 yards, just had the game of his life of his career. Uh, they sit up top the, the NFC South, uh, and we're, and they own the tiebreaker between us. So we're in second, but we're both seven and seven. Uh, the Rams are seven and seven. Currently the Rams sit at that seventh seed. We sit at the eighth seed. Of course, the top seven seeds get into the playoffs. So this is a big implicated game against mediocre teams. Um, I'm not expecting much out of us. Uh, like I said, we get behind 10 points. We might as well be behind 30 because our offense has been struggling all year due to lack of coaching. Uh, it's amazing that Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael still have their jobs at this point in the season. When you see guys like Brandon Staley in in L.A. lose his job and you hear rumblings about Ron Rivera in Washington, D.C. losing his job. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't seem I'm not confident in my in my team. I'm losing faith in, in the front office. I'm losing faith in the ownership of the Saints. Uh, neither there. But just to talk to really solely focus on the game, uh, we, we our defense. um you know, it was hopeful this past Sunday. Uh, we will need them to play a day, but we're facing Puka, Puka, uh, Puka, Puka Nakua. Nakua. Yeah. And I don't know why I stumbled over that. And and Cooper Cup, which are dangerous weapons. Uh, we've struggled covering the wide receiver too all year. Um, I, I think that, you know, even Tyler Higby, we struggled with the tight end all year. Uh, uh, Matthew Stafford is a, is a, is a, is a dicer. Um, I don't expect us much. And you heard it here first. I, I'm predicting us to lose. I don't feel like it's gonna be necessarily close. Um, I, I got the Rams winning by two scores here. Oh wow, wow! That's yeah. a that's a lot. I feel like this is an interesting podcast because it's like I feel like the <laughs> listeners are probably like they hear me talk about the Michael Pittman thing, and I'm kind of <laughs> on the opposite side with it. And yeah. then you come talking about your Saints and you predicting them to lose. Uh, so it's kind of a, a, a turnaround, flip flop type thing, but. Honestly, you know, I kind of have a similar outlook. I don't I don't foresee this game getting away from y'all. Thursday night football games are just is weird. Yeah, they are weird. Yeah. They're just weird. You, you just never know what to expect. Now, of course, I mean, we won't talk about last Thursday night. We'll just write that one off. But most <laughs> Thursday night games are played to yeah. me relatively close. Besides yeah. last time, most Thursday night games are played relatively close. To me, they end up a lot of the times, you know, being more of some defensive struggles, which I think allows y'all to have a shot and a puncher's chance or whatever in this game. Um, I think also, too, you know, I think you got to look at the fact that, as you mentioned, what y'all were able to do against Saquon. I mean, one of the engines of this Rams team has been Kyron Williams in that rushing attack. So, if y'all can kind of bottle up Kyron Williams in that rushing attack a little bit, which I know I keep dropping fantasy football nuggets, but I really hope doesn't happen because I got I him. hope he does. <laughs> he's he's the driver of my fantasy team. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm hoping that, you know, that uh that, that Kyron can still I think we're saying the same thing. I'm hoping that Kyron can still get it going. But um I think that it ultimately kind of comes down to that. I think that you'll see a one score game. Uh, I look at the Rams as being the home team, um, even though they don't have your typical home field advantage out in L.A. But uh, I look at that and I probably side with the Rams a little bit more. As you mentioned, just the offensive production as there, 
And and really, if you look at the Rams for honestly, probably the last month or so, they've been a decently impressive team. Like, you know, they had that win against the Browns. To me, that was a good win. Um, obviously, there's no, you know, moral victories, but played the Ravens tough, went into overtime into that game. Of course, beating the Commanders this past week. We won't talk too much about that. Um, but <laughs> I just think over the last hey, we got month, some DC, you know, I'm out here in, in, in DMV, man. You got Yeah, I, I apologize for that. That was a, a tough, gritty win by the Rams against a vaunted Washington Commanders team. Um, but I do think that they've been kind of on that upward trend and trajectory. But you got to look at the fact, even y'all, y'all were playing teams that weren't prolific offensively still y'all defense has been solid and so that's where y'all gonna have to hang y'all hat to stay into this game is that defensive side of the ball yeah absolutely I mean I appreciate that man I feel much better after listening to this in fact I recorded this with you and when I listen to the podcast tomorrow I'm gonna rerun this segment just to make me feel better about Thursday right (laughs) because at this point I like Ramon I have to really temper my I have to start tomorrow and be calm and have a great day because I know that the Saints are going to piss me off Thursday <laughs> because it's like you say, they're going to have that striker's punch and we're going to shoot ourselves <laughs> in the foot. It's either Derek Carr, you know, progressively. All right. You, you see, you got you, you did this on yeah. purpose. You got me on my rent. You got me on my rent. You got me I had to I'm do it for the listeners. We got a little podcast to go, but I will wrap up on Derek Carr. You know, at least Derek Carr can – an overthrow a quarter a receiver by at least two yards after starting out this season overthrowing receivers by 10 yards so that's right. progress man progress cool. progress quick question and i'm not sure i haven't really checked i mean i knew he was out this week is there a chance for olave to be back uh he was at practice today so okay we'll see. okay we'll okay. see that's a good sign that's a good sign. He yep. was spotted at practice as we were recording it. So we'll see. I think tomorrow will be a big deal because they probably will do their last practice, I'd imagine. No, they'll probably do a walkthrough and fly out tomorrow. Tomorrow's Wednesday. Yeah, they might yeah, just yeah. fly out. Yeah, yeah. They might they might fly out and do a walkthrough in L.A. I don't know. But Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. So we'll we'll get through. But the biggest game, and we'll wrap up with this in, in for a scene in week 16, and then we'll get to some NBA stuff, and then we'll wrap up. We got the 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens on Christmas Day. And as we transition to NBA, we'll get to that topic in a moment. But we'll just talk about this game on Christmas Day here. Ravens 49ers, what are your initial thoughts here? Initial thoughts is, man, you could be looking at a Super Bowl preview right there. You know, honestly. yeah, I like that. You could be looking at a Super Bowl preview. I think that. I think that we've stated, you know, this over the last couple of weeks, have said it in this podcast, in this current episode, uh, but the 49ers look like the best team in the league at this point. Um, and so I think that they're the prohibitive favorite in the NFC. Um, but when you look over at the AFC, things have been a little bit more open in the, uh, in the AFC. But I think right now, you know, as it stands, I would probably say that Baltimore, I would allude to them being kind of probably the favorite at this point. You know, we're not solidified in what the Chiefs are at this point. I'm not sold. Obviously, they just beat the Jaguars, so I'm not sold there. We know what has happened ultimately with the Bengals without having Joe Burrow and and that sort. So I would venture to say that this is probably a Super Bowl preview. And I think that we're in for a heck of a matchup. Um, I think that right now, to me, the, the 49ers have just been clicking on all cylinders, and especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Brock Purdy is doing what he has to do and getting the ball to his weapons. 
uh, Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel have been on another level recently. Uh, you still have the likes of a Brandon Ayuk. You still have the likes of a George Kittle that can get it going. Uh, so I think that, you know, from that standpoint, we could be in for a nice high scoring game, potentially a nice shootout um, in this matchup. I don't think that either team will majorly hold the other one down. Uh, and I think that, as I've mentioned, man, this this could be when we're sitting there with the first weekend or second weekend in February, we could be very well watching this matchup again. Yeah, I, think, I love them. Yep. I love the matchup. And unfortunately, I probably will be locked in as as we might as well just knock down the door. Uh, NBA is usually Christmas Day. M- Christmas Day is NBA Day. You know, it, it's the it's the day that the NBA has equivalent to the NFL on Thanksgiving. And starting last year, maybe it's been two years now, the NFL has been putting these games on Christmas and it started off as one game and now they got I'm looking at it, they got three games on Monday on Christmas Day. Uh so uh I I'll, I'll say this man. Uh this is a monster matchup. I'll be locked in. Um I, I think that Lamar has been playing well. The maturity that he showed this past Sunday in the pocket, not being so quick to take off and still had a hundred yards rushing, almost a hundred yards rushing. Uh, I mean, it, it's quite remarkable. He's on another level. His accuracy is better. He's a better passer this year, and he's been more patient in the pocket. This is going to be a close game, and people will imagine. Both defenses are strong, but 49's got this bad man called Christian McCaffrey, and this man here, it's like you look at your phone, and this you look up, and this guy's running for 20 or 30 yards with a five-yard gap from the nearest safety I can't bet against that, along with Debo and the cast that you mentioned. Uh, I'm leaning 49ers here, even though I love Lamar. And if he's able to pull this off, I think Lamar will elevate himself in that MVP conversation. So this is a huge matchup on on so many levels of the spectrum. And I mimic your statement. This is a Super Bowl preview, possibly. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But Ramon, man, what you think about the NFL trying to step on the NBA like this, man? That that, that hurt my heart. I'm like, man, I was because like, like, last year it was easy last year and the year yeah. before to be like, man, I ain't watching it. I think the Saints played on Christmas Day, one of those days, and I was like, okay, I gotta watch. But you know, for the most part, the matchups weren't good. This is a monster matchup that they walked into. They and they had some type of idea that this matchup will be this good. Like what, what? Like the NBA, we are conscious. And I'm, as I say, we, I'm more of a basketball fan than a football fan. I love basketball. It's my passion. I love football, but I love basketball. So it's like, you know, I'm aside with the NBA here. But the NBA, we avoid, like, we have games on Tuesday night, not Mondays. We can have games on Mondays to step on Monday night. We don't do it. Tuesday and Thursday are our nights, right? Yeah. Like, why, why do that to us on Christmas Day, man? Yeah, I feel like the the NFL is some haters, man. Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> like they some, like come on, bro. How do you come through like that? And then the thing about it is, not only did they add this monster matchup, but even though the other two matchups to me aren't the greatest of games, they still put noteworthy teams that are gonna attract people to yeah. watch those games. <laughs> like so you the stars, yeah. yeah like so I want to see Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I want to see Travis Kelsey. I yeah. want to see Jalen Hurts, and I want to see AJ Brown. Yeah. Yeah, so they they did that. They were very strategic in the way in which uh things were scheduled and set up. And even even when you look at it as well, too, I mean the Raiders are a historic franchise. It got a, one of the the you know biggest brand bases in the league as well, too. And so, you know, I, I think that the the NFL, as I said, as you stated, man, they just some haters for doing this. Um 
is one of those. Yeah, they're going to make me miss the 76ers <laughs> Heat matchup. And I really wanted to see that. But I know. I know. And it, it's one of those things, like you said, like, man, like I almost like I want to boycott, but. Right, you, you right, right. You, you can't like. Hey, hey, that, I, that 49ers Ravens it. game, if it wasn't for that one, I would have boycotted it. I'm with you. I'm not watching the first two, but that that last one, you just. You can't miss that. that. Yeah, you can't miss that, man. So as we transition Christmas Day, which is dear to our heart, and we're traditionalists, we love Christmas, NBA on Christmas Day. You got the Celtics in the late, in our late, no, I'm sorry. It always starts off in New York in, at noon. We got the Knicks and the Bucks, which is is, is interesting matchup, you know, from that from their perspective. Then you got the Warriors and the Nuggets. You got the Celtics and the Lakers. Then the 76 and the Heat at 8 p.m. Eastern time, which we said – Unfortunately, we'll be watching the Ravens and the 49ers. And then the nightcap, once that, once the NFL is over, I'm going to turn back on the Suns and the Mavericks at, at 1030 Eastern time. I don't care what they say. Yeah. <laughs> Take yeah. a stand. No, forget it. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> no, nah, I'm going to show them where I really stand. I'm going to show them where I really stand. But, but outside of the yeah. Lakers and the Celtics, which matchup are you looking forward to the most on Christmas Day in the NBA? Uh, I would say, honestly, it's probably going to be the nightcap. It'll probably be the Mavericks and the Suns. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. It, it probably will be the Mavericks and the Suns. I, I think that, you know, of course, going into it, obviously the Suns, the team that was, you know, majorly hyped coming into this season, um, based upon them having that trio that they put together, which before the season, we also stated that there was going to be potentially some injury concerns that were going to be there. Because uh, you have three guys that have always, you know, kind of faced historically some injury problems. But I just look at that matchup. They still bring the Phoenix Suns, still bring star power. Uh, but I think that the Dallas Mavericks have been, to me, an underrated team in this season so far. I think that we see Luka playing at an MVP level, MVP caliber. Um, Without Kyrie. What, right. Kyrie's right. missed, what, about two or three games now? Yeah, yeah. And they hadn't missed the beat yet. Have not missed the beat. Um, you know, except for when they got, you know, kind of whooped by the Nuggets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> everybody getting whooped by the Nuggets. That's the one beat they missed. Everybody getting a little spanking by the Nuggets. That's the one beat they missed, man. But I think that uh, Luka is always box office. I'm always – I I enjoy watching Luka play basketball, and I think that when you can have him sharing a floor with the likes of a Kevin Durant, sharing a floor yeah. with the likes of a, of a Devin Booker – um. Obviously, they're always consistently dealing with the issues with Bradley Bill, which is something that's been known for years from an injury standpoint. But I think when I look at those matchups, man, I think that 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 Luka Magic is something that kind of sticks out, and you know, for me as it relates to those matchups. So, kind of what yeah. I guess for you, I mean, you got to say your matchup too that you have, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I like that matchup a lot. I mean, looking at the slate, I look at players that I enjoy watching. So I will be locked into that Knicks Bucks because I just I just I, I'm I'm interested to see how the Bucks is gonna let let Damon and as they try to figure it out I don't think they quite figured it out yet but they will uh, but you know they they are an interesting combination to watch with Damon and, and and Giannis of course and you know I think I think that the Bucks will run away with that one but I I do like that from a player aspect um, and you know I'm a Dame fan like Dame's one of my favorite players right now. Uh, but, you know, as far as a matchup, I am looking forward to the 76ers Heat matchup. I think that the Heat and, and Jimmy Butler, they they always stand up in moments like these when they're on prime time, especially Jimmy. 
Uh, Jamie, I averaged 12 points all season long, but when it comes to the playoffs, he's going to average about 28 because yeah. uh, it matters that much more. I think that this is going to be a game that matters most to him because this could tell us a lot about what it looked like in the playoffs, uh, potentially a, a, a conference championship, maybe. Um, they're not my favorite. Um, I'm, when I say favorite, the seven and sixes are locked in for me as Eastern Conference champions. Uh, but oh, whoa, hey man, that's that's like big. Them, that's man. not something yeah. that just yeah. slides by. That's saying the 76ers yeah, are locked in I like Eastern them. Conference I, champions. Yeah, I like them, man. Not, I, like I just got to clarify this not just to get to the Eastern Conference finals, but to Eastern win Conference the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I've wow. seen enough. I've seen enough. Embiid is playing with a chip on his shoulder. Tyrese Maxey fits better with him than James Harden did. Um, I think that Drew Holiday was a very underrated piece that they were able. Uh, I'm sorry, not not Drew Holiday. What am I? What am I saying? Um, uh, not Drew Holiday. I'm sorry. Uh, it was one more piece that they added that I really like uh, defensively. Uh, not uh, he used to play for Golden State. I don't know why I got him mixed up. Uh. He's bounced around the league. Uh, who was he drafted by? Blonde hair. Um, you talking about? Wait, no, you're not uh, talking about Ubre. Are you you're talking about Ubre? Yeah, Ubre, Ubre, Ubre. Yeah. yeah, I like Ubre a lot. I like that addition of another guy that can that can that can defend a little bit and he can score. I, I like the team, man, and, mm-hmm. and you know, and I look at what they've done. They've done two bad teams. Like they handle business. They're not like our Lakers who play around with these. They don't play to the level. Of these teams, they play Detroit, they demolish them. You know, they play these 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 subpar teams. They're gonna put them in their place, and and on top of that, Embiid's giving you like thirty and sixteen here and there. So it, I I really like the 76ers to win the conference. Now I know the Celtics are looming. Don't don't get me wrong, but it's hot takes. You know what I'm saying? So you know you know how that goes. But I respect it. Um, yeah, but I can't believe I I thought I don't know why I was thinking Drew, but I got it. Uber, <laughs> yeah. but anyway. Anyway, wrapping up, man, we got the Lakers here. We was going to discuss on the docket. Uh, we did drop a in-season tournament banner. Um, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I I, I think Kobe, who do you think Kobe would say? <laughs> if he like was they say, he, he rolling over in his grave right now, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, this this is what that I was will so say. embarrassing, bro. Right. I know you. I know what we're trying to do. We're we're the first to win. We're trying to set the precedent. Yeah, I I believe I truly believe, and it was mentioned that Adam Silver made the call and said y'all got to do this because reports had started to leak before you know the Lakers won that essentially if they won the in season tournament that they wouldn't unveil a banner. And then after the Lakers won, shortly after that is when you start hearing the reports that they were going to unveil it. And I think that, honestly, uh, Adam Silver made the call. And, you you know, like you, you alluded to, when you win that first one, they're trying to have that certain hype behind it. They want to make it mean something. And so if you can have an organization like the Lakers win it and unveil a banner, yeah. I think that that sets, as you mentioned, it sets the precedent. So I think that they kind of their hand was forced there. Man, I, I I gotta give it to Adam Silver, man. He gotta be up there as a commissioner goat, man. With the bubble and now the in-season tournament, the in-season tournament was freaking genius, man. Like I didn't think I would be invested as I as I would have, but the players was. And what better person in the face of the NBA, who I still think is the face of the NBA, LeBron, and his buy-in and what that meant to the league. 
And then not only that, not to, we're not on our high horse here as Lakers fans, but you know it means that much more when the Lakers win it all. So, or should I, I say that? Because then the conspiracy going to be like, oh, they rigged it so the Lakers could. Nah, man, get out of here. I don't care what they got to say. It is what it is. The Lakers <laughs> won. <laughs> 100%. So, I mean, an amazing time, you know, as we approach the holidays and whatnot, uh, you you know, as we always do, NCAA playoffs, football playoffs coming up. Uh, I mean, you know, we got some – I'm really – that Michigan-Alabama game, I mean, I think we got to start there, man. And then you got Texas and Washington later in the day. That should be good too. But that Michigan-Alabama game, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that you have kind of polar opposites of games because I think that you look at that Michigan-Alabama game – and you're going to see two, you know, really strong defenses in that game. You're going to see a really physical game. You're going to see two teams that try to um, try to establish the run. You know, Bama, uh, McClellan, he should be, you know, good to go and should be healthy uh, for this bowl game. And you look at a game, a team in Michigan that won one of their games by running the ball 32 straight times. Uh, so obviously they're going to try to be physical. They're a very disciplined team. Um, I think that for me personally, I think that the national champion comes from that game, uh, that Michigan-Alabama game. I think that whoever wins that will, uh, at the end of the day, win it all. And um, I'm just interested to see that quarterback battle. Who steps up? Who is the better guy between Jalen Milrow and J.J. McCarthy that game? I think that it will ultimately come down to who as the quarterback makes a play or who as a quarterback doesn't make that big time mistake, that big time turnover that swings the game. Yeah, what I'm most interested in as well, and those are good points, is the hardball Nick Saban um matchup. I just want to see the adjustments. You know, you got two great coaches. I just want to see the the adjustment. As I saw, I think Alabama hired a former yeah. Michigan assistant, which was petty. Right. <laughs> so petty. Um um, but I'm just interested to see, like, the difference between the first half and the second half. Like, what adjustments are made or what in-game adjustments are made. It's definitely going to be a chess match. Um, I don't think Michigan is is that – is that uh, and maybe you could you could correct me on this if you if you feel differently. But, I, you know, as, as always in, in historically years past, the SEC has always been a dominant conference. And then we thought that any other conference couldn't compete. For the first time, I'm looking at this Michigan squad, and I'm like, okay, this team may not be an SEC team, but I feel like they are a team that's equipped to beat a Bama or beat a SEC team, yeah. and that's any SEC team. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there, and I think that honestly, the SEC outside of conference had an under 500 record in this year. So I think that the SEC hasn't this year been the vaunted uh, conference that it has been in the past, and I think that. You know, a team in Bama is vulnerable in this matchup, uh, but it is going to be a heck of a fight, man. It's going to be a heavyweight fight, you know, in that game. You know, I if I had to pick it right now and had to say, I actually would pick Michigan in the matchup. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm leaning Michigan, too. Uh, although it'll be fun to watch Bama and Nick Saban, like I say, man. You know, even Nick Saban and, and how they squeaked out that game against uh, Auburn. You know, I, I was like, man, it's just Bama just they just find a way to scrap. So it's gonna be a close game. I, I also got Michigan edging out Bama in this matchup. Which, as LSU graduates, LSU alumni, we will be excited and happy to see yeah. them knocked out this year. But 
I think if Nick Saban, if he's able to pull this one off, I think he retires. They, they say and, they're hearing rumblings that he he's ready to hang it up. Is is you know you know they they're hearing there's rumblings about that. So yeah, I was talking to a Bama fan about that who said the same thing. So uh, gosh, I don't know how I feel about that because I want him to go, but I don't want them to win. So I want him to retire and him to lose. Like, can I get both? <laughs> Dude, I know anything we know about Nick is competitive, but yeah, the Texans and Washington game. Uh, I think there is it, just, you know, Michael Penix and 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 I think that, you know, adding to his resume and what type of NFL prospect he's going to be, that's what I'll be looking at. Um, but, you know, I'm not really concerned. I really feel like, honestly, I hate to say this or be this way, I really feel like why they just want to make the seeding to what we want to see? Why not just split Bama and Michigan up and then have Bama and Michigan be your national championship game cuz that's what we want to see. Yeah. I feel like the it's almost like the ACC, like the conference championship in the NFL. Sometimes the conference championship is better than the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I I I think that they they probably kind of I think that's a miss right there. Yeah, I think that you know ultimately they were stuck in a tough position because they had to put Texas above Bama because Texas won the the matchup within the season and I think that they went ahead and since they already had, you know, Michigan slotted as number one. Washington came into the weekend as, you know, the number two team already. I think they, you know, once they went ahead and won their matchups and Washington beat, you know, Oregon, which was considered to be a top five, type six, top seven or whatever team. Um, I think that ultimately that's why they went that way. But as you said and alluded to, I agree that Bama and Michigan, that's a national championship. I do think that Washington and Texas can end up being interesting. I think that it'll be a shootout um, that Washington offense is bonded. I think that, you know, I do believe in Quinn Ewers as well and what he can do. Um, and Washington is finally healthy, you know, and that's the thing that they've struggled with for several weeks. You know, one of their top receivers was out for weeks and he finally made it back in their championship game. So. I think that ultimately it'll be interesting. Right now, I got a Michigan versus Texas national championship. Yeah, I got it too. I'm hoping for it. In fact, I don't care who I don't care who comes from the other side. All I know <laughs> yeah. is that Michigan better be in it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> Go Tigers! But anyway, we're gonna wrap up, man. Uh, as as we always say, make sure you're following the podcast. O underscore Ben Tuomas on all of our social media platforms: Instagram, Twitter. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Um, leave a review if you haven't done so already. Share with a friend. Uh, helps with the numbers. And as always, we appreciate it. If you last this long and listen to us, we appreciate your support and love and listening to us. Um, we wish you a happy holiday, uh, a safe holiday. And uh, we we will hear, we'll, uh, you'll hear from us the next time. So we out. Later. Later.